0: Hello and welcome to Muse and Metrics. This is your host, Philippa Burgess. We are in season three on episode two. And today I want to talk about the art of being awful. What do I mean by the art of being awful? And I think it's about going forward with courage. And there's something to be said for a certain amount of self-awareness. But there's also another thing to be said about not being overly self-conscious and being able to follow your instinct and your intuition and be creative, be willing to play, be willing to fail. And understanding that that's part of a process that we kind of sometimes just need to get out of our own way And get comfortable with a bit of the uncomfortableness, especially when that uncomfortableness is public. So the idea is that it's not about being an awful human being, but it's about being a human being, doing something perhaps we've never done before, Uh, taking a risk, putting ourselves out there publicly and being okay with this idea that it may or may not be good. It may or may not resonate with everybody that you want it to. So a couple of ideas that I want to sort of set the stage here is the idea that we only move towards things we believe are possible. Let that sort of sink in for a moment. because That's a really important statement. We only move towards the things we believe are possible. So it is good to look at our beliefs and understand what that foundational, I'm going to call it code is, in terms of how we operate, our operating system. If our operating system believes it's possible, we will move in that direction. And if we don't believe it's possible we're not going to have the same confidence, faith, and that leads to doing the work that will get the result. So it's really important to consider our fundamental foundational beliefs about the things that we want to create or we want to attract in our lives or we want to do or be. Any of those things, a foundational belief that it's possible has to be in place. And if it's not, to do the work to understand why it is or isn't there and what it is that you're wanting, how or why it is or isn't aligned. And I think that that's part of why finding role models is so incredibly important. I mentioned in a last episode as I was kicking off this new season that I was going to take time to revisit my old episodes and pull out some of the ideas that had gone before and elaborate on them. got to listen to my very first episode, and that is what gave me a bit of this idea of the art of being awful, because I stepped on stage without much direction and with no previous experience doing this but i was willing to try and see what came out of it and in listening to my first episode i could see that there was a bit of choppiness in my editing i could see that i had things that i felt the need to edit and i gave myself grace in that and then about minute 20, from minutes 20 to 60, I found a flow and I found a topic and I found that it just went and it was surprisingly entertaining, and engaging for me to listen to and that I was actually quite pleased with the episode. I felt the first 20 minutes were a bit choppier than I would have liked, but once I sort of got going and found the topic I was really in a good place and I found that I found it was quite pleasant to listen to and of the topic that I was talking about it was this concept of circle of 5 and it's always this idea that I've had that I think is so true anytime you want to create something is identifying five people who've done it and then learning about their story, seeing what you have that's similar. Maybe you learn things about them are different that maybe you you wouldn't quite see yourself going that path. And then you keep removing people from your five and adding new people to your five. And some of it, it might be through the form of books. It might be through interviews. It could be people that you meet in the real world. And eventually you get to the point where these five people are people that are in your life and that you're now having the opportunity to be mentored by or to collaborate with and it's really i think so incredibly important to surround yourself by the people who are aligned and also believe that it's possible because it's their belief that is going to show you where people are that are a few steps or several steps ahead of you and you can see what they've done and what they've accomplished and the work that they've put in and you can be inspired by them you can learn from them and they give you the path they give you the direction and ideally they show you that the goal is is worth it and i think one of the things that as I talked about starting on this new YouTube path that I found five creators that I did a short journal piece on each of them to sort of take a look at consider what are they doing and that I could learn from everything from their topics, the length of their videos, are they pre-recorded? Do they go live? How edited are they? Uh, All sorts of things that i could just sort of see what they were doing when did they start what was kind of their growth trajectory what were they doing now and i found these five mentors to be incredibly accessible and i say mentors in the fact that they don't necessarily know me there's people who have created channels and create content that i felt was accessible but i felt like there was something about what they did and how they did it that i felt that i could emulate role model uh, after that now some of them i have been in touch with and they've been very kind in commenting back i think some of them may by now know who i am as an emerging creator uh, i also did a video where i did a roundup of my top five favorite creators uh, who are covering ukraine and I did a video and I shared it with two of the, of the five and they were very responsive and, and very kind. I think where I've psyched myself out though is I'm spending more time looking at who they are now than who they were at the beginning of their journey. And I'm only can call the equivalent at their beginning. And I think where I and even psyching myself out, is when I look at how polished and how how big of an audience they have, how consistent they are, how clean and professional their videos are, how just committed they are. And, and, and I look at where I'm at in my journey, and I am not anywhere near that. But I also realize that I have to go back to looking at who they were when they started their channels. And in some cases, this was three, four years ago, as opposed to equating and finding that equivalency to where they are now, because it's actually in that case, it's doing a bit more harm than good because I'm pulling myself to a higher standard than is possible for me right now. And I have all of this learning to do. I, really don't know how to create great videos. And I haven't really uh, gotten my rhythm going. I started when I had a studio over the summer, but then I've been traveling and I'll be traveling for another month. And so I haven't found any routine in creating videos while I've been traveling and without having a studio. And I need to get past that. I've, I've given myself a lot of grace because I have had quite a bit going on in starting a new graduate school program, new graduate semester, knowing that this was a pretty much full-time curriculum, knowing that it was the very first time I was seeing any of this material and that I have no great background in science. And although I like math, I'm not recently academically trained in math. And so there, there was just a, a bit of, giving myself whatever time was needed to get started in the program and give it the full attention and similarly with traveling just being where i needed to be getting all the errands done wherever i was and i'm in colorado now my number one priority while i'm here outside of school is divesting my interest in my storage i'm really starting to give away a lot of stuff pack stuff part of the reason i drove out to colorado before my california trip was to able to have my truck so that I could get the little ride along and get myself back to the East Coast and not be paying for storage every month and just keep what I want to keep, get rid of everything else. We're going to see if this is possible because I have quite a bit of stuff I have another two and a half weeks to work through this. And it's my project and and it is a huge priority and it's very time limited. And it's also something that I need to be doing consistently, if not every day, every other day or more as as I can uh, to continue to cleaning this out. And right now, there's very little that's in the I'm definitely keeping this. There's a lot that I kind of haul away to goodwill. And then many things are in the maybe pile. And I just kind of have to go through it. I also have my martial arts school here in Colorado. And I'm getting ready for a pretest, and I scheduled my trip so that I wouldn't leave before that pretest was coming up. So I have that advancement test and that material to go over and to cover. These are all areas in my life where there there's mess. There's there's a lot of mess, and I am not doing being a student perfectly. I am certainly my storage is my own process and it's messy. And I, and my Kung Fu right now is, is really out of practice and needs a lot of work and is, it's pretty awful. Back to our theme of the art of awful. And, and some of that being okay, you know, that I'm willing to be awful so that I can actually get good. And so some of these things, it's kind of also identifying for ourselves, what's the goal? What are we trying to accomplish? What are we trying to get to? Where? What is the result? Even if the process is messy, where? Where are we going to? And for myself in school, of course, I want to get the good grades. That's good. Uh, I want to meet the minimum academic requirements so that I can complete the program, complete each semester, and go forward. And point in my program that I want good grades, but I also know that doing the best I can out of something something that is not particularly my element yet, and I'm seeing a lot of this stuff for the first time, I'm doing the best I can. Uh, I I missed my first deadline, and I really took that hard. Um, Part of it is I had a lot going on, and I may have not started the project early enough, But given that I'm learning how to use software, there's a lot of technical problems that I run into. And each time they get better. The more time I have into the software, the more I figure things out. But part of the learning that they have us going through is to see how we problem solve. Where do we go to get help? How do we get answers? And sometimes I get OCD on this stuff and I once i hit a problem a snag i just want to try to solve it and i'll just sort of stay on that perhaps longer than i need to and our our final wrap-up is a paper that reflects uh, what we learned and how it went and what the problems were and how we solved those problems and so part of it is doing the assignment and going through these pieces in the software and in our, our research around it but then the other part is doing a report about What did you do? What did you learn answering these questions? How did it go? And so with one of them, I had started the project on a Monday morning. I gave myself the entire day to work on it, but it hit midnight and I wasn't done. And there were a few things that I just was looking at the list. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'd rather take the hit of the reduced score and have a better paper. And I had a good night's rest came back at it the next day, spent many hours, most of the day uh, working on this. And at about four o'clock handed in my paper and it was a day late. And so you definitely get ding 20% for being uh, late. And it doesn't matter if you're one day late or four days late, it's 20%. And then after that, it's zero credit. So you have kind of that sort of grace period if you're gonna run late. And I don't like running late, but I was better to be able to hand in a better paper. And also more importantly, get the learning, go through the process of, why am I here? why am I paying for this education? I am paying to learn this and to give it the time to explore and to run into problems and to try to solve them. And there were moments Uh, especially on the first day that I wanted to cry. I didn't actually cry, but I felt that sense of just overwhelm. And at the same time, as far as, you know, could I have started this earlier, perhaps, but what I had done the week before from the moment that I arrived in Colorado, how many appointments I had, how many errands I had, how much progress I'd made on my storage, how consistent I was at going to my Kung Fu class. Uh, The fact that I had my USC event at the University Club of Denver for our stained glass seal installation, which I was super proud of. And that was an event that was many years in the making. That every moment of my time I felt was well spent. And the weekend prior to beginning this project was a full weekend of martial arts and of um, going through my storage and i'd been doing a lot of the readings and a lot of the other things It just hadn't kind of opened this particular project and there was a, another one right behind it that i also missed but i wasn't just paying attention as well as i should to what some of our deadlines were and in another class even our professor was running behind that she pushed back some deadlines so I, I guess I was just thinking I, I would see things as they came up and it goes back to the idea that I know I was doing my best and I was doing my best across multiple areas of life that I'm trying to kind of keep together all while understanding like I'm still traveling. Like This is all a place that I'm familiar with, a place that I used to live, but I'm here as a guest my stuff is in storage, I'm very limited in the time that I'm here and I have to be incredibly responsible for the fact that I have a lot to do in a very limited time frame and equally also managing my health and my rest, like it doesn't make sense to do something that would tip me over and have trigger any kind of health challenge. I don't need that right now so making sure that my physical health is good i'm well rested i have that kind of life work school balance uh which comes back to the work part of it so when i say work my, my job is literally my storage right now and i want to get back to work like i do feel like financially i'll be okay like i'll get through the semester and then i will lean on loans which is not the greatest thing to do, but it's what I can do and what I am doing at the moment. But I've also seen how big and deep and wide my school debt hole has become, that I want to start working on that as well, especially if I'm considering adding an additional three semesters beyond this year. I need to get back to work. So I'm thinking kind of where can I make money while still being responsible to my school priorities and my other commitments and all of my traveling and everything that I'm doing. And that's where I keep coming back to wanting to be a creator. And I have found those role models on YouTube who've said, Hey, you know, this is a path. We've turned this into our job and i am very inspired by that i see that it's possible but i'm also very challenged with how much i have going on how much is coming at me and trying to find that balance and so one of the challenges that i have is in time management and in kind of breaking it down into small pieces so that i'm finding you know, how do I show up? How do I show up consistently? How do I add value? And part of it is the willingness to be okay with it being a little rough around the edges. Be okay with just lowering the bar on for myself and beginning to sort of start to show up. I had the most intense several weeks in, in, one, in a wonderful, wonderful way. Like, I'm glad that when I was with my mom, I gave her as much attention as I could, even though I had a lot of school stuff going on between school and my mom. There wasn't a lot else that I really could handle. In Colorado, I have my storage and my martial arts are kind of the second second to school. i'm also sort of starting to like this kind of content thing is there for me and and this knowing that i need to find my income and where do i serve and what is my place now i am finding that i have internship opportunities for the summer so i've also thrown my hat in that ring and so it's not the contents the only path forward i definitely seen scholarships i've also seen other speaking opportunities, I'm seeing other, just things that I'm seeing that are in my line of vision. So even if the content thing completely went away and that was not the path to monetization, I still come back to it's something that I want to do. So even though part of the goal is to monetize it, the other part of the goal is to find engagement, build community, share things that I think would be valuable to people. And while I'm at it, see if I can figure out how to unlock the content monetization piece of it. So I asked the question kind of, is there some sort of fear of why I'm not doing this? And when you come back to like the basics of comedy, So if you think of like a stand-up comedian, it's life or death out there, as in they'll use language like, I slayed it, I killed them, they died laughing uh, to proclaim victory, whereas defeat is in language, I died out there, you're killing me here. And so there is this idea that some of this is really life or death as far as being able to step on stage, being able to perform, being able to deliver. And again, if I were to start making videos today, they're not going to be at the level of the quality, the consistency, the, just a lot of things that these people that I have who I've established as my role models and are the ones who show me, hey, this is possible, that they've achieved because they've now been doing it for years. I think all of them have been at it for more than two years. Maybe the minimum are ones who started reporting at the beginning of the Ukraine war. And so, okay, they're eight months in and I'm one month in and then I took a break. And I need to understand that if I go back to their earlier videos, their very beginning, those first 10, 20 videos, I'm not yet in my first 20 videos, that I can lower the bar. I can lower the bar a lot. And the other nice thing that I really like is that when we talk about comedy in the sense of it's life or death, there's a live audience that's right in front of you and you need to make them laugh. You need to tell a story and put on a show. And you are very in the moment knowing how they are responding to it. And so you can absolutely feel it. And it is this, because it's live and it's very challenging to be able to own and in a sense, control the energy of that room and, and make them laugh. There's a, I like the story of Steve Martin when he was talking about how he developed his career and he, he, really committed to doing a lot of road work as a comedian. He would just go from room to room, town to town, and just doing stand-up. And in one case, he was in San Francisco, and the club owner felt that if people knew there was a show going on and the room opened out to the street, that if he opened the door and people heard a show, they'd come in and they'd fill in, end up filling the room. But it started out with nobody in the room. And Steve Martin had to do a show to an empty room. And the first few people who peeked in the door saw him talking to him in an empty room. And they probably turned around and left. So therefore, you have to sort of, uh, there, there's that as well. But when you're pre-recording content, or even if you're, going live on social media, it's a different dynamic, and and I'm not showing up as a stand-up, so my job is not to make people laugh, per se, it's just to entertain, engage, be authentic, share my story, I'm here to inspire, and just basically grow and help others in, in their growth. And so one of the things I also like about, if we think about this concept of virality and performing and creating content in a digital universe versus a live show it's not the Super Bowl and I say the Super Bowl because the Super Bowl is live. but even if you have a pre-recorded commercial, you're playing that commercial day and date in front of several million people and you're say 30 second commercial, one minute commercial, is going to play in front of a few million people. And from there, it is easily judged. How did it do? Did it perform well? Did it not perform well? There's instant judgment. And it was judgment that was done in front of millions of people. And the nice thing about these algorithms in social media and having to sort of build a follower base is that you can be anonymous in your beginnings because you're not in front of that many people. And the algorithms are designed that if people like it, then they will interact with it. And based on their interactions, the algorithm knows the type of people who liked it. Uh, It's If there's sort of tags or there's sort of content around a particular subject... The algorithms are pretty good at getting that content in front of other people they think will like and engage with the content so there's a sense of trusting the algorithm letting the algorithm do its job meaning that if you have something that's worth people's time and attention it will get in front of those people and if it's not worth people's time and attention you don't have to worry about it they're not going to see it And there's so much freedom in that, that right now, when I look to say, hey, I need to get back out there. I really wanna be making some YouTube videos. Who am I making them for? Right now I have 30 subscribers on my main channel, which is Philippa Burgess. And those 30 subscribers will be notified when I make a new video, but that's it. And if the content is good enough, And it meets other people's interests, either what they're searching for or it's hashtags related to other things that they've expressed interest in, then it will be served up to them. But if not, I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to be that concerned that it be as good as something that's going in front of millions of people. I simply need to be concerned that it's good enough to begin it's good enough to build momentum and to help me create, have some sort of consistency to the creation and ultimately to build community. And whether my community is a community of five or 500, the the initial dynamics of it and how I show up are the same. And really where we're going for we're going for the power of momentum we want to create momentum in whatever it is that we're doing part of that momentum is understanding where to start and i think that that's been one of the harder things for me as i've been traveling is knowing where do i start i have a lot of ideas of things i want to talk about but i haven't quite figured out where do i want to shoot is it am i using audio? Am I using video? Am I going over a PowerPoint or over a screen share? Like I haven't, there's just questions that I haven't answered. And so part of my challenge has been this idea of not knowing where to start. Uh, And then similarly, kind of figuring out how to do things. Like how do I want to present this information? What's going to be most effective? Am I doing it in kind of a desktop screen or cell phone screen? And some of that stuff is is time-limited. So if it's in the cell phone version, it's like less than 60 seconds. Or if it's over, it should be on the, in the desktop format. So knowing what's expected is another thing. Uh, I know I've definitely gotten advice to keep them short. Go for a shorter constant. I tend to want to get into of a studio and do longer form content and maybe then that's why i'm putting it off because i think that i'm sitting down for a one or two hour commitment when in fact end to end from uh, an idea to a record to an edit could be maybe under 15 minutes for something that's you know a minute long 15 uh, it could be 15 seconds it doesn't have to be very long i just have to be thinking about how to start how to do things and what's expected and then when you do this what's really nice is there's the feedback loop almost instantly and the algorithm shows you how long did people watch it for how many views did it get you obviously you see who gave it a thumbs up a thumbs down you see uh the comments And the algorithms really show you what's going on. And what I definitely saw from when I had started posting in August is that every time I posted a video, I'd get views, I'd get likes, I'd get engagement. And so a lot of it is just knowing that when you participate, that there is that feedback loop. You will definitely get feedback. Now, in some cases, because uh, my family and friends jumped in, which I appreciated, I did get uh, my sister saying, hey, some of that, you could tighten that up a bit. It, it's running a little long. And and that was good feedback, but I just haven't, again, committed to saying, okay, I've got to put in that edit time. And maybe I prefer uh, creating in a longer form. And so there also has to be a balance between what's the best way for me to create as well as what is the best way for other people to consume it. And I have to think about all of that. And then with all of it, it's learning from our mistakes. So I've done some longer videos and thinking, okay, but you know, I could definitely shorten them up or I see, uh, a certain template that I used uh, created such like some black space, that wasn't an optimal use of my screen. So wanting to see where I'm, what's working, but also knowing that it's a fluid process and I'm able to adjust course, take feedback, do things in new and different ways to keep improving as we go. So back to the art of being awful, is accepting that as a trainer that I had, worked with years ago, uh, it was the early days of, of showing people how to use webinars. And he would always say, your first one is your worst one. And I think that there's some truth to that is that you're going to have to just get comfortable being uncomfortable and understanding that you don't know exactly how it's gonna go, but that that's okay. And mistakes will be made and you'll recover from them and then you'll learn for next time. And that there's that ability to continue to adjust course when you have that momentum. Uh, And similarly, when I talk about like my, my priorities that I have in this current Colorado trip, like as I can outside of these graduate school storage and Kung Fu commitments, I wanna be creating content. I wanna be seeing friends and then of course, appointments, I have responsibilities. I could spend a day just like doing taxes um, because I had filed an extension and how they were due. So it, it's all of these things that I still kind of have to be responsible for as, as I go. And also, I want to know that like creating content also is very aligned with my life. So I'm in grad school. I see so many benefits and perks for students that I wanna share with them. Obviously I'm in USC grad school and I see a lot of things that could be beneficial to fellow USC graduate students or just USC students in general because I've been a student there for a really long time. I feel like being able to talk about the things that I'm already invested in and I'm very passionate about is the best place to start. So one of the things I wanna talk about is just graduate school. If anybody has questions about graduate school or anything I can do to inspire or inform about opportunities for graduate students. That is part of my journey. Now, also, like my field of study within graduate school, something else I'm really interested in and I want to share because I am in this major learning curve, which is a big bucket. It's spatial data science, it's data science, it's mapping and cartography data visualization. And on top of that is my first master's degree in urban planning. And then I'm very interested in geopolitics and everything that's happening in Ukraine. So it's the world in which I'm interested in talking about kind of those topics and other things to do with software and just tech tools and just also just learning. Uh, and then I've also, and other things I've been doing, I'm have these summer internship applications and all of those deadlines are coming at me really fast. so I'm also trying to get those done. And similarly, I think my first pass at this was awful, really, really bad. But I reached out to some of my advisors at school and said, "Hey, here's what I've got. It's you know a first rough draft. Can you give me some insight and in how I can make this better?" And they did. Now my task for tomorrow, is to go back in and apply everything that they gave me to actually improve my resume. But that's another thing about the art of being awful is people don't necessarily know how to comment on a blank page, but if you give them something to look at, then they can be helpful in helping you shape it and helping you make it better, in helping you to, yeah, to improve, to learn from mistakes, to, there's a starting point, there's something for them to comment on. And equally, they can find things to compliment you on and say, hey, you did this really well. That was a good start. And here's what else you can do to uh, essentially be effective. That's what you're looking for. You're not really looking for good or bad. You're looking for, is it effective? And similarly, the summit that I did with Stephen Harms and other people who took the Voice of Intention class, it was a lot of what he was saying about is someone a good or bad speaker or a good or bad singer. He really focused on are you being effective for your purpose? And therefore, if you're not as effective as you can be, what techniques or training or practice do you need to do with the focus on being more effective? And similarly, why do I want the summer internships? I really wanna get a security clearance and I feel that this is the best, most effective and and I'd say efficient way to do that is by working through a government agency where that infrastructure is there and easy for them to execute and, and to cut me through the clearance process. Now, of course I have to do my part, which is make sure I qualify for the security clearance and i feel like my weakest link is my finances because i'm not working i've accumulated some student debt and i just want to make sure like i'm really as i present myself in the most responsible light and so that if i have anything that needs to be cleaned up any debts that need to be paid and get myself to the point where i actually have an income that's running parallel with my studies. So that's another kind of motivation. Not only do I want and need some money to live, but I also want to make sure that I'm presenting myself in the most responsible uh, way that doesn't show that there's any security risk because I feel like if you do have any kind of debt or anything that uh, could sway you to be bribed or, or anything that kind of puts you in a compromised position and also just speaks to your integrity so i think that that's another piece of kind of my puzzle of you know being able to sort of look at like what's messy and what needs to be cleaned up and that if you don't kind of know what your baseline is then you don't know where it is that you can improve from so those are the things that i'm also thinking and like i said this kind of the thing that i'm being really called to right now is figuring out this youtube thing i just That is the platform I wanna kind of figure out how to build a community there, how to monetize it, how to uh, just be effective on that platform. And similarly, find ways to bring that to be complementary and running parallel and use this platform and this show to be Uh, able to sort of also help building that momentum, building that community, and finding the value. What I'm doing with the radio show, what I'm doing with YouTube, they can uh, work together. And then same thing with social media, which is just another expression of those ideas and of that content and sort of promoting it. And so I think that that's another thing is like once I get a bit more traction and momentum in YouTube, it shouldn't be hard to actually amplify it through social media and get more consistent about creating content that speaks to and amplifies my brand. But a lot of us with social media, like sometimes it's like you don't know where to start until you start and then you get the hang of it and then you kind of figure out what's working and how or how to make it work better. And these platforms continue to evolve as do their features, and so you know we all have to kind of know that there's a lot of not knowing when we when we begin. Uh, same thing, like I was doing the event, and I was super nervous about an event. I haven't done an event since before the pandemic, and I kind of forgot everything that went into them. And I was so grateful for everybody who showed up, and I just had so much joy in doing a live event, but that's the same thing if you haven't done them they can be particularly they can make you nervous but sometimes again you have to kind of get over that and learn from it because it will be good and the good will be much better than any of the problems that you had to overcome similarly with public speaking it we all want to be great but You just sometimes just have to begin. And for a lot of people, it's not a comfortable space. And finding ways where you can have supportive environments to get better. And that that is really the the beginning, is, is to begin. And so if public speaking is something that you're not as comfortable with, finding supportive ways to practice and to not only get the training, get the experience, but just be comfortable being uncomfortable. Uh, I love Toastmasters. I just found Toastmasters was such an incredibly supportive community, and it absolutely understood people who had a fear of public speaking. It has such a great curriculum and a great culture. It's so inexpensive. It's so locally and community-based that I highly recommend anybody, if you aren't familiar with Toastmasters or if you know about it but haven't leaned in in a while because I know something, you know, in the pandemic, I don't know kind of how they modified what they were doing, but Toastmasters is just a really powerful, very effective organization that I highly recommend to anybody who has any interest in public speaking or any fear of public speaking. Uh, I found a lot of people, especially English as a second language, uh, found a lot of value from Toastmasters because they were confident people but they might not be as confident speaking with English because that's a second language. And this gave them a very supportive space for them to work on their English and work on their presentation skills. Uh, Equally, I found it valuable for people who just were absolutely petrified of speaking in front of other people. And again, it was a very supportive environment. They could grow in their confidence and in their ability The next one is blogging blogging is something that i'm also seeing is i'm finding and thinking about like if i'm having resistance to creating videos that if i have something that i want to say blog it or and i think blogging and making videos can be very sympathetic with each other because i can blog about an idea but i can do a video about it or i can always embed a video into the blog so I feel like the blogging and the, and the creating the video content will kind of naturally go together. And from there, I have this TikTok channel. I'm about halfway to monetization, although though I feel like unless I'm getting a 100 million views, they'll probably send me a check for like $12. But I really like the community that I've built on TikTok. And I spent most of September and October in various forms of TikTok suspension. And so I, I dialed down and I kind of lost some of the momentum that I had, but they're rolling out new features. They've given me an opportunity to go live twice this week. If I want to take the beta for uh, 180 days. So they basically say you have a seven day window to use this feature. So use it or lose it. So I think that that's something that's on my agenda for this week is to play with their new TikTok live feature. I think it's basically TikTok for desktop. So we're gonna see how that one goes. And I think that that's another kind of aspect. And I think that's a little bit where maybe I'm a bit torn is that my TikTok channel is very dedicated to supporting Ukraine. And what I want to do on YouTube is quite different. And I think that I may have kind of bridged that gap today is the things that I wanna talk about on YouTube are more geared towards learning data science and being a graduate student and exploring and using various tech tools. And those are kind of things, it's just really about learning and kind of my learning journey. And where TikTok, I'm very much about supporting Ukraine. Today's uh, school assignment, we're focused on finding data sets And we could do it in whatever our field of interest was. And so I did mine on Ukraine. And so I found that there was a bridge between my interest in Ukraine and my interest in data science. And that there might be something that I can talk about there. So when you talk about data or data science, it really makes the most sense when you give it an application. So whether you're giving it an urban planning application or in the health field or in the finance field or geopolitics, like it doesn't really matter what the application is, but it makes so much more sense when it has a real world application. If it's something that you're interested in, then the, the data is kind of a, an exploration of it. So I think that like my interest on TikTok is definitely in developing and staying focused on this Ukraine channel I have, but I also have other channels on TikTok where I can also do these other areas that I'm interested in too. So I think figuring out like how all these pieces integrate, not be, not being overwhelmed by it, but having them kind of fold together and support each other are ways that I'm kind of working through. But back to TikTok, it's like when you first start a channel, you'll be awful and it's okay. Because the algorithm, isn't gonna go very far, but it's like when you learn how to use the platform better, when you get better at it, it invites more followers, it gives you more reach. And so it's kind of trusting the algorithm that it's, again, back to okay to be awful. And TikTok is really easy in terms of if you're just doing, you can do a screenshot, just you know a simple photo and give it some music and you put some text or some graphics, And so it's really easy to make a 15 second video just on an image alone. And a lot of my TikTok like when I'm really kind of just going to do something just quick and, you know, staying consistent, Um, because that's another thing about you feed the algorithm as well. So the more that it sees that you're showing up on the platform, you're active, the more it rewards you by also showing your your older videos. So that is uh, another way to sort of play with TikTok. But again, all these things, there's a sense of, until you sort of find your flow, until you sort of get going with these things, that it's going to be whatever it's going to be, but it's, it's okay that it's not as, it's okay. And I think that's one of the reasons why I love Kung Fu so much, is that I was able to show up as a white belt, and nobody judged me for not knowing how to do martial arts, I remember when I was in sixth grade and I was really, really wanted to try out for the basketball team. Like at that time that was really important to me. I remember even asking my mom to like buy me high top sneakers. And I was trying to like practice and I didn't have, my dad didn't live at home and the brothers, like I had no mentors or real role models for playing basketball. Um, We did have a, a beach house and one of our neighbors there, he was a couple years older than me and I would play with him for hours in his backyard court so that was probably my uh, introduction to not really a game of basketball but we would just sort of shoot hoops but i decided that that was really important to me and i had tried out for the basketball because that's how they did it they had tryouts and you know they're like nope you're not good enough and it didn't make the team and that really bothered me because i was like they don't know how to play and you're not going to teach me how to play and you're just going to judge me on my ability to play or my inability to play, like, where do I get started? And I felt that I encountered that a lot in my childhood where there was this sense of, I auditioned for the for chorus, and they were like, yep, yeah, you don't know how to sing, so you're not good enough to be part of choir. Uh, and so I felt like, I'm like, well, if I don't know these things, and you're not gonna teach me, where do I begin? And that's how I fell in love with, uh, first it was Ultimate Frisbee, And then very shortly after that, it was Kung Fu because there were two communities that that basically were like, we don't care that you don't know how to do this. We don't care that you are awful at this. We just care that you keep showing up and we'll teach you everything you need to know as long as you're just keep showing up and just keep doing your best and you'll get there. And with martial arts, it's now 14 years later and I'm still pretty awful at it. And I've got a protest coming up and I've got to put the time and energy and effort into uh, getting better and being ready to perform and ready to get in front of a senior panel uh, to show what I got. And I have a lot more time I've got to put into it in the next three weeks, but all the stuff that I'm testing on, I know it's there. I've seen it hundreds of times over the last 10 years. And I, and testing over lower belt material now as a second block. And so I'm gonna do that material better than when I first saw it and first tested on it when I was going through it as a lower belt. So my light belt, yellow belt, blue belt, green belt and brown belt forms are all gonna be so much better now that I have all this other training and really understanding kind of what went goes into those forms than when I had tested on them initially as a white belt and a yellow belt and a blue belt, green belt and brown belt. And so I know that I can do a great job, but also accept that you know it may be awful in the fact that I don't have the stances. I'm not as flexible as I used to be. I'm not as in practice in some aspects of it as I used to be. So I just have to kind of give myself grace. I'm going to show up. I'm going to train the best I can, given all of my other commitments. And I'm going to do my part to put on a great show. But they know that if I keep showing up, I just keep getting getting better. And that is that it is a lifelong journey. And so my next test is a pretest, So that uh, it's not so much that I can fail as much as if I just don't do something great. they will be like, hey, keep working on that and do it again on the next pretest, test And so you have multiple opportunities to pre-test. And really, you also have a, a, some say in terms of they give you a list of which forms you'll be testing on, and then if you're not prepared with something, don't do it. And, or if you think you've got it, you know, they, 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 you can mutually come together to say, that was good enough, or yeah, maybe I'll, I'll just pick that one up and do that one next time on my next test and I'll do it better. So there's no real risk of failure. You just show up and you keep doing it and you keep learning and you keep getting better. Uh, Which leads me to learning anything, whether you're doing it through a university program, a certificate program, self-study, or just in a community, you know, that's the whole point of learning. You're there because you don't know and you're going to be not great at it. If you haven't written a paper in a while, if you haven't, uh, like for example, I'm using programming, I've never seen the software before in my life. It doesn't come easy, but that's another part of the beauty of it is that the, the fact that it is hard enough, appropriately hard means that when you acquire the skill, you now have something that's worthwhile. Um, Same thing with a foreign language or a musical instrument or a math or a science or an art. If you have never done it before, it's okay. It's absolutely okay that you're going to not know what you're doing and that your first attempts at doing it are going to be pretty awful and that that's okay. Accept that, embrace it, love it for what it is, and... Move forward and move through it and go back to that idea of the circle of five. Who are the people who are going to confirm your desire and then give you some reality around what's all involved in that particular pursuit and then provide some direction, give you support and ultimately uh, provide opportunities for collaboration. So when you're thinking about anything that you want to do that does not exist in your world, but it's something that you want to create, identify five people who have achieved this. Dead or alive, you don't need to know them. They've just needed to exist in history, have had something written about them, have written something, have done an interview, have just be able for you to learn about them, and follow in their footsteps of what did they do that you're aspiring to do and what can you learn from them. And then as you see things that are aligned or you you keep making more distinctions about where your goal is relative to what you learn from them. And then you kind of replace people in your circle of five and you get, you know, new people in Until the people become actual real, and again, you can move through this from desire, reality, direction, support, collaboration. And that anything that you want to create, make sure you've got five people in your world uh, who can help you with that. uh, And they'll just create that momentum. Because everything we do in life is a combination of will and desire. When You marry will and desire, and you are... Pretty unstoppable. So, with what's next is I'm continuing to look out for opportunities, and you know, focused on summer internships, scholarships, uh, public speaking opportunities, media content ideas, and and just getting going and just getting started and just seeing how all these things kind of will accept one thing will accelerate the other and how they all kind of are intertwined and work together. But my job is just to be effective and begin and use this as an opportunity to reach that goal of monetization based on a foundation of value and based on a foundation of growth. That it's okay that I start wherever I am, come as you are, and let that evolve and let it get better and, and learn and improve and build community in the process.